This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to the Who Are You Wearing podcast with me, Kira Pritchard McLean. I'm a stand-up comedian that is obsessed with clothes and why people wear the clothes that they do, especially very stylish people. So this week's episode is with Good Egg, phenomenal actor and great dresser, Kyle Smith-Bino. I'm absolutely obsessed with every picture of him on Getty Images. I think this is a really fun, very different episode where, amongst other things, we will unlock the secrets of keeping your arse warm when your jeans hang down. <laughs> I finally got to ask someone and not seem like an absolute creep. This episode was recorded in August of 2021 and Kyle was at home in London and I was cutched up on the floor of the box bedroom I'm wildly calling a walk-in wardrobe. Now, I think Kyle's roots into being a stylish chap are just just very different to anyone I've spoken to before and since and I think it makes for a fascinating listen and I also laughed out loud so many times listening back to the edit of this so please enjoy me asking Kyle Smith-Bino who are you wearing? I think maybe around sort of 13 I started to think about what I was wearing more mm. and I, I remember like when I was when I was much younger than that and my mum would tell me that the clothes that I'd put on didn't match. <laughs> Brutal. And I'd be like, but this is, this is what I want to wear. And she's like, well, you can't wear that because that doesn't go with that. And like, it was a sort of thing where I'd just like go in the wardrobe and put out like a button down shirt and then football shorts. Okay. <laughs> she'd be like, what are you doing? That, to me, though, is like absolutely how a hipster would dress now. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was a young, I was a young old hipster. <laughs> um, that is, yeah, I remember a lot of mini tantrums about okay. not being able to just throw these things together. And then somehow that just really became part of my everyday and just like <laughs> matching my clothes. So like even if I'm like at home, I will always match my socks and my boxes. Really? Yeah. Whoa, hold on. This is but this is mind-blowing to me. Okay, so you will as in like you will buy these things as a set or you'll make sure they're similar um, colors or they complement each other? Colors, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I will always I think I I even do it too much like to the extent where it stresses me out sometimes because I don't have the clean socks that I would wear with those boxes. <laughs> <laughs> and then I have to change what I'm wearing, sure. even if I've like planned, because I'll plan an outfit and just know that like, oh, the underwear's there. 
But yeah. if I go in my underwear box and I can't yeah. find the ones I'm looking for that go with the outfit that I've planned, then I might have to change the outfit. Whoa. I cannot believe that your socks are dictating your outfits. That is absolutely incredible. <laughs> yeah, it's quite different. Like, it's something that I've started now and it's actually, like, to my own detriment. Because, I mean, there's, it's... It's 80% of the reason why I'm late for everything. Is the whole socks. Um, that is absolutely mind-blowing and is going to give me an extra level of joy. When I look at your incredible outfits on the gram, I'm going to be like, a pair of socks decided that whole outfit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I um, so maybe three weeks ago, I had to go and do um, some ADR for a show and then I was getting dropped off, dropped home and I knew that this was the only day that I had to pick up some socks from Uniqlo because Uniqlo do every, basically every shade of sock. Wow. Did you know this? I did not know that, no. Interesting. If you need any specific colour sock, Uniqlo is your place. Great knowledge. And I needed like a dark green. Uh-huh. And then I had to go... But I like we finished ADR quite late, and then the car had been waiting for ages. But I was like, look, I have I have to go to Uniqlo because there's not one like close to me, really. So whilst I was in Central, I was like, can you just wait another ten minutes because I have to go to Uniqlo and get some green socks. That's and that so is funny. what in I went to a wedding and I wore a green tie and green pocket square. But I knew that the socks were green too. That's so good and also so lovely to hear such a i'll say unashamed diva story that no car had already been waiting for you and you're like you're gonna have to wait 10 because i need these green socks because of this pocket square i have in my mind (laughs) (laughs) i love it (laughs) so this I, i i can actually really see what you're doing in that like I remember when I was a teenager and when I was in sixth form, I would have like my school uniform, but I would match like my accessories and my shoes and my bag would change every day and there'd be different colours that match. And weirdly, it was much easier and less stressful for me to dress like that mm. when there's than it was to like go, right, out of everything, what can I pick? Because you just pick one thing and then everything else follows. So yeah. did you have this strong sense of style as a kid then? Did you like like clothes or did you not? Were they just not in your mind till you were about 13? I think I just had clothes that I liked wearing, um, but I never sort of wanted to put the, them together specifically for an outfit. Mm-hmm. I was just like, I love these tracksuit bottoms, I love this top, and I want to wear this all the time. But then I think I was also, I was really into red, um, mainly, like massively when I was like 14, 15, maybe like 14 to like 24. <laughs> But before then, when I look back, there are loads of pictures of me in red. So maybe it was a thing from my childhood that like carried on. But I didn't realize it at the time. I think like I just had a lot of red clothes or my mum realized I liked it and then just kept buying red stuff and I kept picking that out to wear. That's really interesting. So you went through a whole stage, almost like a decade of just trying to mainly dress in red. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, all of my like all of my pictures from like school times to maybe like coming up to even around drama school and stuff. Like if it was a specific event, I'd have like a red tie or a black and red tie or a 
like um, my prom thing as well was like a black and red baroque style waistcoat. Oh my god, so glam! Yeah, that's so bold. Yeah, I think I was always like just kind of obsessed with that. I remember asking my I remember my mum asking me what colour I wanted my room when I was getting my room painted. And I said, I wanted red. And she was like, okay. And I went to school. I had a good day at school, thinking I'm coming home to this red room. My room was so fucking blue. It was <laughs> unbelievable how blue it was. Blue carpet, blue walls, blue, like, curtains. I was like, why did, why did you say okay? You could, you could have literally just gone, no. And then I would have gone to school and just like... Whatever. Came home with the bluest room you've ever seen. Why the red then? Was it like a football team thing or? It might have been. Um, I remember when I was in year five and you know when you've got the um, uh, the newspaper out on the desk to cover mm-hmm. up the, to stop you from painting on yeah. the desk. And the girl that I really fancied was like, oh, Arsenal. Because it was just like a sports page. And from then I supported Arsenal. <laughs> and I remember like telling my mum that I needed to get an Arsenal top. And eventually getting that. And that was like, when I was talking about the top and the tracksuit bottoms, it was that top that I wore all the time. It was the Arsenal JVC one. And then it was blue, like navy blue um, Adidas bottoms with orange stripes. Love it. And I wanted to wear that every day. So that was your outfit that you... As a kid then, like, you would put on and it was almost impossible to get you out of. Because yeah. I think we all have one of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the Arsenal shirt. Yeah, that, there was probably a good, like, two years <laughs> where I was like, um, that's what I'm wearing. Well, who dressed you then? Was it was it your mum or was it siblings or were you doing a lot yourself? It was, I think it was my, yeah, I think it was mostly me. But then it got to, like, maybe the age where I started, like, noticing girls and stuff. And then I was like, oh, I want to dress nicely. And, but then dressing nicely meant like Sean John. (laughs) Um, But my mum was always like, no, obviously not. Um, And then I got to the age where I could like go to Dagenham Market and start getting like the the fake like Ivisu things and yeah, a lot of that. So were you ever growing up then? Obviously you and your mum are having this slight tussle over you and your mismatched stuff, but were you ever made to wear an item of clothing that you hated? When I would go, when we would go to like events, like christening or a wedding or a, something like that, my mum would always like dress me in these smart clothes. And in fact, my dad was like, because I feel like my dad didn't live with us, but my dad, I feel like he was always around for these events. And he was very like, my dad was very traditional shirt, tie, suit um, for, I mean, my dad wore trousers anyway. Just not, I never once saw my, tra- my dad in, in jeans. Really? Never. I see my dad in tracksuit bottoms and I see my dad in suits and that's it. And... Um, yeah, so he was very trousers anyway. But when it came to those like sort of smart events, he was always making sure that like I was dressed properly. And I, there were there was this suit, and I saw a picture of it recently. And I'm stood next to my granddad, and I just looked like a young priest. And <laughs> <laughs> it was like a this collarless blazer, and then my shirt's sort of like sticking up at, at the top. But they're the, the colours over the, the shirt. And I just was like, what, 
Why have I, why have I got that? And just this big, like, flappy trousers. Hated it. I remember, like, any time we came to, like, a smart thing, I was just, like, I was fuming about having to wear this nasty suit. That's so funny. Of course, you know I'm going to ask you for that picture. Yeah, yeah. I can find that easy. Obviously. Yeah. That's going on the Instagram. Yeah. You know that now, (laughs) as soon as you tell me. (laughs) It's so funny to imagine you as a little priest, (laughs) especially like tending to be religious events. We're like, who's that kid who absolutely (laughs) stands God? (laughs) But like when you're a teenager... What what were the big trends, and were you going in for them? Were you experimenting with it, or were you like, no, I've got I've got my red and I've got my Arsenal top, and I'm sticking to that. Um, I mean, I always wanted a night track suit just because everyone had a night track suit, and I remember my aunt, my godmother, coming from um, Florida, and asking me what I wanted for Christmas, and I said this night track suit, and my mum was like, obviously, don't get him the night track suit; it's like ninety pounds. And she was like, "All right, no, 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 it's fine. I won't, I won't get it to like to my mum and be like, I get you the tracksuit." And then she did get me the tracksuit, and I wore that for about four years. Um, but that was like, I remember when that, when I first saw that, and when I started wearing that, and then I was like, I want more of these. I just want like the same tracksuit, but just loads of it. And like, <laughs> I could get one with my name on the back, and I could get. And I remember there was a stage where, um, did you ever have this growing up? where you could buy the iron-on letters. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was a stage where we were going to, me and all my friends were going to Matalan and getting a tracksuit for like £14 and then ironing on the letters, like our MC names. Oh my God, no one was doing anything yeah. that creative. Also, I just love the idea. I imagine it's mainly lads just knowing how to iron. <laughs> like, it's such a nice thing. <laughs> so many people just burning letters off their names. <laughs> <laughs> I go by this now because I burnt the E. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of that going on. It's amazing to think of a teenage lad like customizing stuff as well. is is so joyous to me. Um, any other trends that caught your eye when you're a teen? Uh, what, was, what was going? You're a bit younger than me, I think. Thirty-two. So what was going on? Yeah. Oh, well, I'm thirty-four. Yeah, thirty-five at the end of the year. Right. It was mostly like it was. Um, it was very influenced by like American hip hop. There was that that vibe, um, and there was like big oversized t-shirts and like uh, big jeans and jackets and caps to the side. But that sort of came and went. And then there was more of a grime thing of like Averex jackets and um, academics tracksuits. There's this tracksuit called Academic, which was like massive logos everywhere um and there was also around the same time was lot 29 which was a lot of um looney tunes characters swearing yeah a lot of like bugs bunny like that yeah for some reason everyone was like yeah we need that um so that <laughs> that was really popular that was my style for a while but then I think it was I was about 14 maybe 15 and there's a video of this on YouTube um and I used to wear because I used to like switch between all red or like red and blue or red and black mm. um and I have this video on YouTube where I'm wearing a red night hat a black 
black hoodie. You can't see what I'm wearing on the bottom, but I'm guessing it was probably like my red tracksuit bottoms, something like that. I've got one black glove, one red glove. In my in my red hat, I've got black laces. You know, like in the holes of the yeah, yeah. hats. I've like put my black laces in and like tied a bow on top of my my cap. And that is what I used to wear to the youth club and when I'd go and MC. Oh my god. How old were you at this age? I was probably like fourteen, fifteen. I mean the pixels on this video, there's <laughs> There are eight. There are eight pixels. We'll take your word for it that that's what's going on in it. <laughs> There's probably like clearer footage of JFK's assassination than there is of that look at the youth club. Absolutely. I would have lost my mind. I would have just thought you were the fucking coolest guy in the world, and I bet everyone did right in youth club. A lot of yeah, everyone was just like, oh, he's got his thing, and people would see things and like there was this guy in my year at school called Bradley, and he for some reason, he's from an area called Bo. Do you know Bo? Yeah. Yeah. And for some reason, everyone from Bo had a lot of money. And I don't know why, but everyone, every boy that went to my, because I went to all boys school, every boy that went to my school that was from Bo had loads of money and had like the best trainers. They all wore kickers instead of like normal sh- like school shoes. And yeah. I, I wore like the 15 pound shoes that like, would last you a term. And then afterwards, yeah, they're like that. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Definitely shoes on. And, um, I remember one time Bradley came in with these Air Force Ones, all red Air Force Ones, with a little white love heart on the back. And I was like, oh my God. where did you get those trainers? And he was like, oh yeah, America, my aunt got them. Because that's what everyone would say when like, when, if you got them from like a market, or if you got them from somewhere you don't want to tell someone, wherever it was, you'd say, my aunt got them from America. <laughs> okay, so that was the equivalent of people go, I've got a girlfriend, she goes to another school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then you could see my dilemma with my red tracksuit because my aunt, <laughs> my aunt from America. Your aunt from Florida. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's like, yeah, that's fake, bruv. Like, no, man. <laughs> Just dragging your aunt in and be like, show them the passport. Show them the passport. <laughs> She's got to fly in two hours. I can't be here. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Well, did you rebel then much as a teenager? And if you did rebel, was it was it showing up in the clothes that you wore? Um, the only rebel- rebellion clothes-wise was where how far down my trousers were on my legs. That was <laughs> that was a rebellion. My mum would be like, pull your trousers up, what's wrong with you? And I'd be like, oh, Daisy, you didn't make your chump trousers. And then I'd go outside and pull them down. I'd be like, that, that shows her. I can't run for the bus properly. <laughs> that is the reverse of being a girl in my school where you would roll your skirt up as high as it could. Right, and yeah. <laughs> so like, yeah, the boys, I guess, I'd completely forgotten. And it's still, there's still a hangover of that in certain guys that like wearing jeans below your ass was just how yeah. you wore them, which is such a weird thing. It's like, very weird. We, I, I can ask freely now, like, did your bum not get cold? I don't think so. Because, well, here's another thing. We used to wear tracksuit bottoms under our tracksuit bottoms. Okay, I didn't know that. So you'd have, for some reason, I don't know why, we called them underbottoms, and you'd have, like, some really shit, like, tracksuit bottoms mm. on underneath your, your bottoms or your jeans. And like thinking back to that now, that is mental. But we would do this all year round. I'm talking like the height of summer. You've got your tracksuit on, and underneath your tracksuit, you've got another. You've got another pair of tracksuit bottoms, which would have all your like, your like stuff in it. But also, 
this, this is, I don't think I've ever spoken about this before, like since not doing it, but you <laughs> you go to the chicken and chip shop mm-hmm. and you'd eat your food and then like, you probably have a tissue, but by the time you've left, so you've like taken one tissue from the chicken and chip shop and you're walking on the street eating the chicken and chips, whatever. And then you would pull down your trousers a little bit and just wipe your hands on your your bottoms. Was everyone doing this or was it just you that was Everyone, filming? that was not just me. <laughs> everyone was doing it. That was an everyone thing. This was before we knew about like the little wet wipes that they have. <laughs> that boss man's got the little wet wipes that he's been keeping secret. And everyone used to just do like, and you just have all sorts of shit in your, in your um, tracksuit pockets as well, like the inside pockets. They'd usually be like zip up ones and like all the stuff, all your coins or your keys or like whatever you were carrying that you weren't supposed to have on you. This is amazing. So these underbottoms were like a handbag, napkin, like (laughs) thermal trouser that you wore all year round. Yeah, yeah. Was this only in your area or was this like... I think, I think it was a London thing, but I think it was like... The culture that I was in was very like the grime MC kind of thing, and like mm. the fashion reflected that. And I think that that was a that kind of thing. It's it's amazing. I absolutely love it. It's so. There was another thing that I've just remembered as yeah. well. We used to have, we used to roll up a sock and put the sock in your sock, so it would come. It would be like a bulge here. Okay, so I'm just going to describe it to people that you're pointing to like the crease of where your foot meets your ankle at the front. So you'd put like a, a, yeah. a balled up sock in your sock there. In your sock. And what that would do is hold up the tongue of your trainer. And so because we were wearing like bootcut jeans, you'd have your the tongue of your trainer in front of the jeans. <laughs> but obviously without the sock your jeans would just cover your shoe completely. So to have the tongue sticking up, you'd put a sock in the sock. Oh my God, so everyone could see that you had good trainers. Yeah, and then you put your jeans in between like the bulge of the sock and the tongue. This is so amazing. This is a completely like different world and I'm here for it because they're like, the level of effort that you're going in to like produce that look, it's like a fashion house. You know, when you find out all these tricks of how they make things look certain ways. Yeah, yeah. that's so great. That's so cool. These are things I haven't spoken about forever. I'm so happy that we're getting to do that. <laughs> Were you um about this time when you're you're like got this grime inspired look? Is that when mm. the red came in? Because I'm I'm obviously yeah. pitching this almost head to toe in red as well. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 So that would usually be with my um, Reebok workouts, and I'd have I got I got those from America when I went to my aunt's. And I had three pairs of Reebok workouts and I had a white pair, a black and red pair and a black and a red pair. Yeah, white, black and red and a red. And then I'd have the, I remember, this is specifically a birthday outfit. This was maybe like my 16th birthday or maybe my 17th birthday. And I had a double denim suit, like dark denim. I mean, shiny, too shiny. (laughs) Um, and And then my red Reebok workouts and then like a red polo shirt and that was my birthday look and that was me being like I'm an adult I'm 17 that is strong yeah 
<laughs> I can legally sell scrap metal. This is a good look. <laughs> Getting a red red bottle of Lamborghini to match and then just posing for Facebook MySpace pictures. Do you know what really strikes me about all this is like obviously it's really considered and it's really stylish. But that is, to me, one of the only things that passes over to how you look now. Let's talk about your style now, because mm. you are, I always think of you as being like really turned out, really thoughtful, with like way more of a, like a tailored look. I could never imagine you with like underbottoms and jeans and things like that now. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So like, how did this, the style that we see from you now, when did yeah. that appear? Um, well, I think... I'd always, I'd always matched, always. And like a friend of mine who was in the grand group that I was in, I was in a group called Raw Breed and he was like the oldest one in the group. And he was always like about the clothes and, mm. and matching. And he called it, so no, everyone would call it like dropping. Like, are you dropping in what you're wearing? Do your clothes drop with each other? And then he created a, a thing that was called clumsy because he was like, because I drop everything. Like, there's nothing that I can't drop. So he was, <laughs> he was always like, and he used to speak about it in his lyrics about him, like, oh, I'm clumsy. Um, and he, I guess he was my style icon because I used to see the things. I mean, he, he had a lot more money than me. And we didn't realize until like we got older that he was like, he had a job. Like a proper, proper job. <laughs> everyone, everyone just thought that he was just like this guy with loads of money and loads of clothes and like different cars and stuff. But he actually had like a proper legit job. And um, yeah, I guess he was my style icon. Um, so I, I always wanted to sort of dress like him. And the group, I guess, everyone had different styles, but we all looked good. We didn't look like the traditional like grime group. We all sort of dress quite well for like whatever tracksuits and hoodies were like however however well you can dress in sort of like a oversized hoodie immediately my imagination is, is wants to go oh like a girl band <laughs> in that there's, everyone's got a look and that does yeah, yeah, elevate yeah. you sometimes that having yeah, that yeah. like look because it's true because with dressing. boy bands it was all like everyone wears the same thing yeah but i guess with girl bands it was more like individual styles but everyone looks good yeah, that's that's the plan. I, yeah, I'm thinking Spice Girls, of course, the the oh, yeah, yeah. iconic girl group. <laughs> Aren't we always always just thinking about Spice Girls? So this this style then, that's a bit more. I guess I I don't mean this is like a pejorative, but I guess hoodies and things like that I do associate as being more like youth skewed, and whereas yeah, yeah. you do like more tailoring now, so it's a bit yeah. older, I guess. But when did you start experimenting with that stuff? Because it, it feels like a big leap. I remember being in school, and we had so it was all boys school. There was all girls school around the corner, and. It joins at the sixth form. But in the sixth form, you wear what you want rather than the uniform. But you wear what you want, as in, like, shirts, ties, blazers, suits and stuff. And I remember from being in, like, year 10, knowing that I had two years until sixth form, 
but planning my outfits and knowing exactly what I wanted to wear. And for some reason, I could not wait to wear black black blazer, black shirt, black trousers, black shoes, white tie. I could not wait. And I remember I wore that on the second day of sixth form because I thought I'm not going to wear it on the first day because I've spoken about it too much and I felt like other people were going to do it. So I was okay. like, on the second day, I'm going to wear that. And on the first day, I wore pink, a pink um, shirt and tie. And then this like, I mean, I only had, I had two sixth form suits and I'd alternate between the two. Yeah. And one was like black and then one was sort of like a charcoal colour mm-hmm. um, that was pinstripe. Not not like, um, <laughs> not like Bugs and Malone or something. But like, <laughs> <thinking>. <laughs> like the weasels from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Um <laughs> Um, yeah, like a, like a, it was quite nice for them. I mean, it was massive, but it wasn't like fitted, but it was a nice suit. Um, but yeah, on the first day I wore like a pink shirt and pink tie with like some purple bits, paisley purple bits. And then on the second day I wore that like all black with a white tie. And then I always just wanted to keep that up. But at the time things weren't like nothing was fitted and everything was just like, for the sake of school. And I did that all the way through the, t- the two years. And it got to like, sort of, I'd say the second term of the second year where people started getting lazy with it and just like trying to get away with wearing like a jumper and tracksuit tracksuit bottoms. Because like, it was quite a, it was quite a strict, um, it was a strict school. I mean, people used to get sent home for haircuts and things like that. Mm-hmm. Or if like you weren't wearing shoes you only had trainers then you get sent home and all that stuff and even like after school if we were if we left but we were still in school uniform like around the area we would get if a teacher saw you with trainers on or a hat on you get a detention because they're like whilst you're representing the school you have to be in full school uniform so they had like a school hat but it was a beanie hat with the the school crest on it but people were like i'm not gonna wear that and eventually people started wearing it or like turning it inside out or like yeah. trying to make their own style of it. But um, yeah, I remember being in sixth form and sort of never really wanting to deviate from the smart look, but just like trying different colors and making things match and whatnot. And I'd see things maybe on TV. I remember, I always remember watching, um, I think it was called Less Than Perfect. Do you remember that show? No. I think what Eric Roberts was in it and Andy Dick and uh, Patrick Warburton and Eric Roberts plays like this boss of this sort of media company and all of his suits were incredible like the suits the 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 um, colors and the cut and everything and I was like I'm gonna go I'm gonna go that color and all I mean my my options were Peacock, Primark or Matalan yeah (laughs) but I would always try and like find the best of and and make a good outfit out of that. And I think I did all right. But then I got like older and I got to like drama school. And then I remember like really stressing about what I was going to wear for graduation. Was it the kind of drama school where they make you wear like all black all day? Is no. it that kind of drama school? No, okay. no, no. It was like you do whatever you want, basically. Okay. So when you could do whatever you want in drama school, were you still going for a tailored look or were you... Oh, no, no. That was just specifically graduation, but like in drama school on a daily. I, th- I went through this sort of army look phase. Okay. And I had like green combat trousers 
and like a green, you know those green, um, it's sort of, oh man, I'm really bad at describing materials. Um, you know those army jumpers with the... Uh, oh, they've got like epaulettes on them. They're almost like what St. John's ambulance were, but they wear them in yeah. black. So like yeah, the yeah. ribbed ones. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. Exactly yeah. those, yeah. Yeah, so I, I went through a phase of that and I had like that outfit in like three colours. And then I would wear a lot of... Um, I was wearing a lot of cardigans in drama school as well. Okay. Which was very different to like anyone else from my area. But I went to drama school wanting to be like, I kind of felt, I guess at the time, I felt like a bit embarrassed that I was from like an area where everyone dressed sort of, people would look at you and go, oh, you've dressed street or you've dressed urban. Really? And I was like, I don't want to be like, I don't want to be predictable. Mm. So I was, I started wearing cardigans and things like that. And I, and I'm kind of like, I don't have any cardigans now, but I kind of like. It's not. It's not like I look back at it and go like, mm, "That's a, that's a bit embarrassing." I'm kind of glad that I went through that phase. Mm. Um, but also, I mean, no, I said okay. So in two ways, there's like the cardigans were in in the Funky House era. Funky House was like popular from like 2008 to maybe 2012, and there was an era of. Mohicans and cardigans in yeah. a fucking and like stripy cardigans and I've got so many Facebook pictures of that and like <laughs> that I guess that's where the cardigans came in but people wore those specifically like to rave people didn't wear them in, their, in everyday life yeah um, and there were a lot of venues that around that time were also doing you have to wear like you have to wear hard shoes because they were associating people that didn't have access to hard shoes or didn't have hard shoes with like, okay, they're not the troublemakers because they've got hard shoes. Wow. Um, so, yeah, I guess the cardigan stuff sort of stayed with me then and I started to wear them in like everyday life. And then, But I remember getting like to the end of the three years, which would have been about, that would have been 2010. And I had a really nice grey suit that I wore to graduation and a... Um, uh, pink shirt, pink tie. Not the same one from Sixth Form, different one. Um, <laughs> but then in the evening, I changed it to a, into a polo top, like the same color pink, but a polo top okay. with the same suit for my evening wear. And I, I think that was probably the first time where I was like, oh, I, I kind of like, I like wearing suits. I kind of like this look. So then I was always like, and the more of my friends were having like events and it wasn't really weddings that at that stage, it was more sort of like, I mean, there were a lot of christenings and no weddings. <laughs> and the, the young priest would have something to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, those sort of events and wanting to, wanted, like enjoying people commenting on how I looked. And I'm sure that you can relate to that as well. Yeah, it does. It does. Um, there was a part. Those, I guess, growing up, there's a bit where I would have been very self-conscious about anyone commenting on what I wore, even if mm. I was dressing for myself or outlandishly. I guess. But now, I think it's yeah, it's a nice thing of like 
I, yeah, I guess when you've also when you put work into it, like you, mm. were, you're really thinking about what you wear and and putting this stuff together and how it's going to work. So when someone goes, "Oh, you've done a good job of that," that's a really nice thing. Yeah, yeah. Because when did you start? When did you start? What like? Because I imagine not everyone that you're where you're from wears the same things as you. <laughs> no, I guess. Um, uh, I I guess in. I, when I started really liking music, I think when I, right. I just when you get to that age where you start thinking you're not like other people. So mm-hmm. I think when you're sort of like a teenager, so I was always trying to make myself be like. Once I stopped trying to fit in because I didn't know anyone at the school I was at, I was yeah. like, okay, I'm gonna stand out. That's what I'm gonna try and okay. do. So I'm gonna try and have this and that and yeah. And I think clothes have been weirdly you would never know to look at my parents now, but they were both very fashionable when they were younger in the '60s. Right. Um, so I think clothes. So when they dressed up, they looked amazing. But they just because they're farmers, they didn't dress up really. Right. So yeah, I think I kind of became aware of it then. But it's really interesting to me that you were doing this thing of like this grime scene and then this formal wear, which I love for the sixth form, is so cool. And that everyone else dropped off, and you were like, no, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna wear <laughs> yeah. these suits. And then the, the drama school thing. So so when you're talking about the cardigans and stuff for that, is that you? second guessing or responding to how people were seeing you and, and I guess yeah, profiling yeah, you and yeah. going okay I'm not what you think I am or yeah. or or was it that you were made to feel would you have felt uncomfortable dressing in a way that they expected um I don't mm, I don't know I don't think it was fear of feeling uncomfortable I think it was just wanted to sort of change not meet people's expectations i think mm. Mm. i mean and there was no spe- there was no specific moment or thing that made me go no actually i'm gonna do this but i feel like i when i i remember the first day of drama school and realizing like one there are probably about eight people from london here and there's like three black people in my year and me realizing like that the way that I spoke and interacted with people in my whole life at like school and sixth form and all of that if I did that people wouldn't understand literally wouldn't understand me really and and not in terms of like oh they didn't understand where I was coming from like literally couldn't understand the way that I was speaking so and that was always like my biggest note in in drama school about my uh, addiction and um, my pronunciation and all those things. Mm. Um, so that changed gradually throughout um, drama school. And I think that, that in doing that, and, and I guess there was probably a bit of rebellion, but it didn't come out in any specific way. But I felt like maybe I was rebelling by like, being like, well, you think I'm this, but I'm not. You think I'm this because I sound like this, but I'm actually not because I've got this cardigan. So <laughs> so I think that that might have been something to do with it. Mm. Subconsciously. That's, that's really interesting. And then did you get a thing where um, when you go back to like your friends and family, they see a difference in you in the how, where you speak? Or how oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, they yeah, comment yeah. on it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember because my cousin... 
So this is a weird thing. My that guy that I was talking to you about uh, that I said that is probably my fashion icon, who was in, who was that sort of that he was. No one ever said that he was, but he was the like leader of this crew, this grime crew. And maybe because he was the oldest, maybe because he was the most like organized and whatnot. And that's probably because he had a job. Um, but he, he, um, introduced when I was maybe when I was, this was the last day of my GCSE. So I was 16. And he, we, he took me and some of the others to go and film this thing for a DVD because everyone wanted to be on DVDs then. That's how you'd like, uh, get seen as a grand MC like by loads okay. of people. Everyone wanted to be on the DVD. And we went and filmed this thing. And then he was like, oh, I should introduce you to this guy. Like, you and him would really get on. And we went to this park in Beckton. And we were waiting for this guy. And whilst we were there, someone started walking towards us. And I was like, it's my cousin. And he was like, what, him? And I said, yeah. He was like, this is who I was talking about. And I hadn't seen him for like maybe, maybe like six or seven years, just because he was like quite his dad and my mum and brother and sister, but they're very, very different. And he was like allowed to fucking drive cars or some shit. And he, like he could do what he wanted <laughs> at 12. Whereas like I had to be home like five minutes after the bell rang at school. And he, I saw, yeah, I remember like, meeting him then and then we would hang out quite a lot from like 16 to 18 but then 18 he went to jail and then came out after I'd finished drama school so we'd like written to each other and stuff but hadn't really because he'd only get a few phone calls and he was closer to other friends than he was to me even though like we're family or whatever but when he came out of jail he was like why did you talk like that Really? And, I was, and I was like, what do you mean? It's like, like, like those words, like sound posh. And that was from like going to drama school and changing. Mm-hmm. And I think, it's, I mean, it's definitely for the better in terms of uh, like, actually, like practically for the job that I do, I'd need to be able to be understood. <laughs> Like I need to have clarity. So oh, obviously, okay. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, it was definitely for the better, but then I think that I also learned that I could do both at the same time, mm. or I could have it on and off when I needed to. And I'd never, and people call it code switching, but I'd never, I never had to before I went to drama school, mm. um, because I was always around the same people. Mm. Um, so then, yeah, I think like the fashion element was my way of still like having a person, having my own, my actual thing that I liked rather than, than this like new voice that I've put on. Oh, that's so interesting. So your, your clothes, I guess, retaining some of your authenticity and like yeah. who, who you are then? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But the thing, me and my cousin have very, very similar dress sets. I'm, like, yeah. Yeah, in terms of, I think everything, like, he's very thoughtful about what he wears. Mm. Um, And will, I mean, he's so shit on the internet. And this is such a mad thing to say in 2021, but like, 
he will screenshot something from a music video and be like, how do I get this? Not knowing you can just Google like blue jumper with angel logo. <laughs> He'll send it to me like, how do I get this? And I'll just find it in five seconds. And be like, oh, you do that. Like, the way you do that is sick. And then every time I do it, I'm like, why have I done that? Instead of just telling him how to do it because every time he's going to do it. And it's been like 10 years of him yeah, just sending think- me like stuff. I think going, he's how just- do I get this? smart right he's just got someone else who'll do it for him it's yeah. not that he hasn't worked out he's like oh that idiot will go and find it for me and save me some time do you think of because of our job do you think of hair and makeup and accessories as part of the outfit I do yeah but I have uh, unfortunately got to the stage where there's not much I can do with my hair I, it's done now this is yes. it it's done it's completed um <laughs> if like I, it grew a lot in lockdown but it doesn't grow in all the places that i want it to grow mm-hmm. at the front it's going a little so pre-turkey there's not much i can do in terms of <laughs> in terms of making the hair part of the um the outfit but and i also i guess with accessories as well um with men there's a there's less I think there are less accessories to add to your thing. And I guess there are like, there's jewellery, um, but there's not really like a headband. I mean, I've seen a few men rock a headband. You know, one of the things I've seen in the last few years, which I've really appreciated is boys wearing, I would call it a handbag, but you know, it's a cross bag that goes Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got one the- of them. Yeah, that very trendy men have lent into the handbag. <laughs> <laughs> I've got two of them. I've got the the um, the pouch kind of thing. Oh, so like a bum bag you wear over across? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've got a black one and a white one, just in case. <laughs> Do you, it sounds like if you like something, you'll get it in multiple colours. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love it. That's because I also have my, my don'ts. Okay, which are? And there's, there's quite a few of them. Um, one of my don'ts that is, that the only one that has been like a big don't for me that I'm sort of leaning towards now is pink and red. Okay. Um, I saw a beautiful dress recently in pink and red and I was like, what are rules? <laughs> I didn't get it, but I nearly did. <laughs> yeah, I... That's the one thing that I'm like, no. But then I'll see someone else wearing it, wearing it and I'm like, that actually really works. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? When you see someone else and you're like, God damn you. I wish I had your, your confidence slash foresight. Um, okay, well, the, then is there a... Because I feel like you are very like on trend, but are there any trends that you've tried to pull off and it's not happening? It doesn't work for you? I don't think crop trousers works for me. Ghost was nominated for a Sky Arts Award and um, I went to the uh, ceremony and I wore a pink blazer, like double-breasted, like uh, checked pink blazer and some beigey brown um, trousers, but the cropped trousers. And my feet are quite big. Okay. I'm size 11. Yeah, they are big. So that has to come into consideration every time I get dressed and I feel like crop trousers and big feet doesn't work <laughs> and that was the first that was the first pair of crop trousers I've ever worn 
and that. When I look at the pictures, I'm like, there are actually some of the pictures I'm like, oh, not too bad, but there's like some angles I'm like, nah. Is it a case of the angles that like, good dead on from the front, but from the side, full crusty the clown? The other way, actually. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Good to know. On that specific um, look, but I've never, that's the first pair of crop trousers I've ever had. And it will be the last. <laughs> and obviously, I now want to see the picture of that. <laughs> I'll get that over to you. <laughs> um, do you hang on to clothes or do you turn over? Do you get rid? Do you get rid? I hang on to them a lot. Great. What, um, what's your oldest item of clothing then, do you reckon? Oh, wow. Um, I've got a T-shirt. I've got two T-shirts made by a guy that I went to six form with. Um, his name's CJ and he has a company called the Ugly Kids Club. And his, um, he's really successful now. And that's not why I've kept it, just to prove that I know him. But um, he had a, uh, these range of um, t-shirts and I've got a gray one and a black one. And that I've had since six form, which was probably like 17. Oh my god! Amazing. Yeah. You're like me then, proper hoarder. Yeah, really yeah, hang yeah. on Big to time. stuff. Do you do vintage? Are you in, uh, into vintage stuff? I am. So, Tash, uh, Natasha Dimitri showed me a website, a uh, app called Get. No, isn't that a taxi service? Yeah, definitely is a taxi service. <laughs> um, it's called Gem, G E M, um, and she showed me that. And there's another one called Grailed. And there are a lot of, like, you can basically just search anything and it will come up from any, whatever, wherever it is on the internet, it will show you, it will take you to the link to buy it. Oh my God, that sounds incredible. I'm writing it down right now. <laughs> yeah, like after she showed me that, I was on it for two weeks and I bought a jacket, I bought a bomber jacket. Um, that's where also where I bought the green um, tie and pocket square. Um, from that website because they're Burberry um, but I got them for less than Burberry prices because um, it's vintage but um, yeah I got a lot of stuff on there I spent that too much money on that such a good tip that is brilliant I know people listening to this will be like immediately googling it and trying to find it yeah, yeah. thank you so much for that Viatash um, so is there thinking about vintage is there a time in fashion is there an era that you wished you were around in just for the clothes um i feel like when i look at like rat pack era i really i like the look of it but i also feel like it's a bit boring interesting because everyone was in the same like colors and mm. There wasn't. But there wasn't much. you're looking at a black and white picture, babe. <laughs> oh, oh. <right>, right. <laughs> yeah. Why is everyone's suit grey? Um, I feel like, yeah, I feel like they were all like, it was all tuxes. Mm. And this is one thing that I'm, I, I, whenever I look at award shows and stuff, I'm like, I would never wear a tux, because everyone else in the room is wearing a tux. Mm. My worst fear is going into my worst fear is going into like going to a thing and someone's wearing exactly the same thing as me. Really? And at these like awards, like mine's breast um, cancer. <laughs> why? <laughs> Imagine someone's wearing exactly the same top. Um, 
<laughs> no, I agree with you. That would I would feel really embarrassed to be in something even very similar to someone else. I would feel yeah. very self-conscious. I remember going to, uh, when I was in Ibiza and I was wearing this um, watermelon shirt. I don't know if you've seen my holiday shirts, but there's a range. <laughs> really? Yeah, You'd like them. I'm going to have to check them out. <laughs> yeah, you'd like them. Um, I've got, I had this watermelon shirt and I I was so like, I was just so proud of this shirt I had on because I just felt like it was, you know, like people like us, we wear a lot of things that are like different to what other people wear. And yeah. I think you more than me. Um, but you are used to people commenting on it. And you know that when there's certain outfits, when you put them together, people are going to be like, you look nice. Yeah. And you prepare yourself for that mentally. <laughs> and, yeah, sure. and this was one of those, this was one of those days. And I was like, this is a fucking nice shirt. And people are going to say that. And I went to um, Amnesia in Ibiza. Have you ever been to Amnesia? I haven't been, no. It's massive. It's like, because they have super clubs there. So it's like 10,000 people. And within the first 10 minutes, I bump into someone wearing exactly the same shirt as me. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I, I looked at him and he was like, nice shirt. And I said, one of us is going to have to go home. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really want to hear more about the shirt. So when you're saying watermelon, like we should all know what that is. Does, is it, does it like start green and go pink? Is it? No, no, no. Like it's got watermelons on it. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. Okay. So it's like, it's like, it's black. It's not silk. It's probably like, what's the fake version of silk? Satin? Satin, yeah. Yeah. Satin and it's got green and pink watermelons on it. It does sound nice. It is nice. I hope he went home. <laughs> he did. <laughs> he did. I was, I was very forceful about it. <laughs> so um, you've told yeah. me which era you don't want to exist in. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, maybe if I had my own money in the 90s. Um, and I could dress like LL Cool J. Amazing. Yeah. I think then. That is such a good choice that no one's ever done before. But you're right. It's in, it's about having money as well, isn't it? Like that is yeah. an era that you needed money to look good in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because I was around for the 90s, but I didn't have no money. My mum, my mum looked after that. <laughs> <laughs> um, have you got an item of clothing that you put on and you just instantly feel brilliant in it? I spent quite a bit of money on a leather jacket maybe two years ago because I had one before but it was from like Top Man or something and it lasted maybe like a year and then it started like bits started coming off mm. um, and then I went and bought one from All Saints um, and it was it was a pricey purchase but it's mm. definitely worth it because I still it still feels brand new when I put it on that's the thing with like um, leather jackets is if you do invest the theory is you would just have it 30 years later and also good yeah. le good leather when it distresses it looks amazing as well mm. so it is a once in a lifetime purchase yeah so, a wise way to spend your money and um, what is your relationship like with shopping mm. then obviously you've given us the great tip off of the app but are you online or do you actually like being in a shop and trying things on and picking things up I do, I like trying things on. Okay, so 
I'm going to start trying to answer this question and I'm going to forget what the question was and then ask you again. <laughs> okay, no worries. I'm going to start with, I don't have a mirror in my house. What? Not that, I'm not a vampire. I, <laughs> I don't, we've got a small like circle mirror, like sort of head height. Um, not that small, it's sort of like, you can get, you can get your full head and shoulders in it. Okay. Um, and that Show is off. next to the bathroom. In my, in my bathroom, I've got a mirror on the cabinet, mm-hmm. on the cabinet door, um, and that is it. I, can't. I don't have a mirror in my room, <laughs> I and I don't have a mirror, we don't have a full lamp anywhere else. I cannot get over this. There's at least two mirrors <laughs> in every room of my house. Really? Yeah, at I, least I, in... Rooms that we don't like spare rooms, spare bedrooms. Like there's two, at least at least two mirrors. I'm mentally going through it now, and there's at least two mirrors in every single room. Even oh, not the kitchen, but every other room's got at least two mirrors in it. Right, I don't have that. So what I ha- what I've been doing recently is when I order clothes, I try them on and then go to the lift. Sure. Okay. Yeah. So I spend quite a lot of time, like I get a new bunch of things from ASOS or wherever I've ordered from and try it on, go to the lift, press the lift. It comes, opens. I look at it. I'm like, yeah. Oh, actually, is that the Look up, doors closed. (laughs) (laughs) Press it again. Ah, someone's in it. Um, So I understand I probably should get a mirror, but also where the hell would I put it? Um, because the place is full of uh, tequila. Surely you have a wall. You have a wall somewhere you can put a long mirror on. Not really. No, I don't. I don't think I do. I mean, we've got like there are walls, but then there's stuff like that. Like this radiator is the full length of. Oh yeah. Um, and then the rest of it is just window. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that. Which is, is a mirror like- of sorts fancy flat living is that you yeah. you have no room for an actual mirror and you have to use the communal lift that is so mate that is so funny <laughs> i can just imagine you walking backwards and forwards oh my yeah. god what a ball like that's also fair fucks to putting together such great outfits and not being able to actually see yourself while you do it <laughs> yeah so i tweet yeah i tweeted about that and i like i don't know what I, sometimes i don't know what i look like until i've left um <laughs> But on the odd occasion that I don't like it, that adds to my lateness. Yo, so sometimes you'll get to the lift and you'll be like, uh-uh, I wish yeah. I had a mirror. And you have to go back and change the <laughs> socks, change everything. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So so you shop online a bit then. Obviously, there's the yeah. stress that comes with it. So do you prefer being in a shop then? Because you can actually look yeah. in a mirror. <laughs> yeah, I do like... Do you know what I like? And a lot of people don't like this. And I'm going to get a lot of stick after saying this. But I like a TK Maxx. I live for a TK Maxx. I absolutely love it. I love a TK yeah. Maxx. Yeah, I really do. And a lot of people don't, namely Emily Loisani. She uh, famously hates TK Maxx because she can't deal with all the textures together. Really? Too many different textures next to each other, apparently. What a loser. I love Emily. I think she's an exceptionally talented, really funny, really brilliant woman. But I'm going to have to message her about this because she's <laughs> fucking high, quite frankly. <laughs> what? Yeah. The textures. 
the yeah. fact that it's the, the brilliant comedian Harriet Dio um, referred to it as a corporate jumble sale and it is the best description <laughs> ever of it yeah. to me it's just like a posh charity shop a charity shop where you know everything's going to be good and not yeah, everything's yeah. going to have a gravy stain on it that's how I feel about it so you're a big TK Maxx fan and, and do yes. you think about when you're when you're buying stuff do you think about because I've just started to feel incredibly aware and guilty about carbon footprint of clothes and things like that so i'm trying to like invest in stuff more and buy more sustainably uh is that something that you think about and there's no obviously there's no like or are you a piece of shit it's just a question (laughs) (laughs) um it's it's not however charlotte ritchie has told me a lot about its importance and has changed the way that i have done some things and i and she made me she didn't make me she influenced me to buy um, bamboo pillows. Okay. And she's right, they are really comfortable. <laughs> well, that's the most important thing. You yeah. buy some new stuff, so it's really comfortable. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, but she said some, something about sustainability, and I bought some bamboo pillows. Love it. There we go. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you if you are you ever into like I know you like vintage but like charity shops how do you feel about that I want to know basically the best thing you found either from a vintage shop or like thrifted second hand that kind of gem that you have I mean the reason I love a charity shop is because and uh, similarly TK Maxx is because I feel like there's more of a chance that I can get something that no one else has got exactly mine exactly the same as me yeah I like I'll always have a browse in a charity shop. But why do all charity shop clothes smell exactly the same? <laughs> what is that smell? Um I don't know. I think it's I think it's a, a mixture of like a musty house and yeah, like I think it's musty house. I think it's like mothballs, I think it's sweat, yeah, and mothballs. then I think it's Febreze. So it all mixes together, <laughs> and it makes that distinct like tang that you get when you walk in a charity yeah. shop. <laughs> yeah, because I'm like, I I love everything about this apart from the aroma, because like, <laughs> and it's not like oh the person that that had this item is a piece of shit. It's like every every item everywhere. Smells exactly the same, like this. Yeah. You're, you're so right as well. It's not a smell, it is an aroma. That's like the perfect <laughs> word for it. Yeah. <laughs> so your style, how it is now, which is, like I say, very put together, a really great line in tailoring. Do you see it evolving? Do you think you'll, I mean, you'll go back to the underbottoms? Absolutely never. <laughs> or do you think that this is you've kind of got it down now this is this is you could see yourself dressing like this when you're like in your 80s yeah i think i've found my thing and that's me um and i wish that i could i wish i had a, like a name from my style if i have a like i wish someone could say oh you dress like a da 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 and i'll be like yeah. oh yeah but i just i don't really know what it is do you have mm. do you have a no, I think drag queen is as close as it gets. <laughs> I don't think there is either, yeah. Because I'm not sort of like, definitely not chic. It's definitely, I guess camp is maybe. Right. Uh, but yeah, it's very hard to describe your own style if you don't fit into something that's like, oh, it's like, you know, 
Parisian da 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 or 1940s or you know like an era or a genre where if you're just like me where it's like a little bit of everything that catches your eye often physically because it's shiny is there an item clothing then that you can always see yourself wearing do you know what I love I really love and like I google maybe twice a week is wool woolen I I google these two things because they are apparently are the same thing a zip-up cardigan, okay, and a, yeah. a woolly bomber. Oh, okay. App- I wouldn't have said apparently, they were the same Google's, thing. Google says that they're the same thing. And like, so it's kind of like this that I've got on, which is like a, uh, I don't know what it is, like a zip-up jumper. Yeah. Um, but like a woolly one, and not like big woolly, but like thin wool. Yeah, thin wool. Yeah, like a light sweater. Yeah. Like a light, yeah. But zip up one. And I want, I've got one that I love. And I got it from River Island. And when when I tell people it's from River Island, no one ever believes me. Because it looks, it looks very designer. And also it doesn't look like anything River Island would do. It's got like a massive butterfly. Um, no, it's a wasp. Uh, like a massive wasp. Um, uh it, it would be it would be like a patch if it wasn't so big. Oh, so it's like um, applique or embroidered on it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, wow. Massive, and that is is sort of like a orange rust, like a rusty orange color, and I love it. And I try to find more like that all the time, and I can't. That is amazing. You should just search for that exact thing on eBay. If I find something that I love, and I've you know like it's two three years later i'm like just search for it endlessly on ebay and it will it will appear yeah and yeah like, i'm gonna look for that but food. i think i think that will be my vibe forever like <laughs> as as many of those as i can find i'll just keep getting them <laughs> <laughs> i love it. it's such a niche slightly weird thing to be like oh i'll be wearing this forever yeah <laughs> a zip up very thin sweatshirt with a wasp on from River Island. <laughs> uh, are there any yeah. trends you're hoping never come back? Um, I'll tell you what I can't get into. I don't know if this is the same question, but I cannot get into Crocs. Yes. I've had this conversation with someone recently. I totally agree. People I know, Susie Ruffle did this podcast and then put a picture mm. of her Crocs and I had to send her a voice note being like, Susie, I'm pulling you from the podcast, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't. Even when people have like floral ones or leopard print ones or whatever, I'm like, I just can't no. do it. My line, I've said this is someone else's, unless you're a gardener or a nurse, there's absolutely no reason for you to be in Crocs. <laughs> I don't understand how they can be comfortable. People are like, oh, but they're so comfortable. How? They're rubber. <laughs> what? How can they be comfortable? Yeah. Slippers are comfortable. I'll tell you what's comfortable. Fake Uggs. They're comfortable. <laughs> That's what I've got. Two pairs. Fugs. Just a pair of fugs, fugs. around the house. Yeah. Pop the fugs on, walk to the lift, check yourself in the mirror, go back yeah. again. <laughs> Um, okay, final question now. It's a very sad day, Kyle. Very sad. You have passed over to the other side. Um, you're being buried, cremated, whichever one. What are you? What are you wearing? What's your final outfit? Oh wow! I've got a blazer 
That is uh, pa- the pattern. No, not the pattern. The the blazer is roses. <laughs> oh, the the print. Print, print. The print is roses. Red. Red. Of course. Um. That white shirt, bow tie. Love it. Um, what colours the bow tie, please? I think I think like a suede black. Ooh, yes, please. Yeah. Um. Uh, like tuxedo trousers. Mhm. And fugs. <laughs> <laughs> one fug, one croc. Smith Bino there. No mirror. What is happening? I cannot believe you look so sharp with no mirror in the house. Um, also, those trips to the lift to use the mirror. What a bougie life hack that is. Um, do you know what? The other thing is with Kyle, weirdly, I feel like he's the person I resonated with most in terms of dressing because I'm very like, you know, he picks his socks and then goes the whole outfit and, and dresses by colour. That is so similar to how I do it. And that's why I wear sequins. It's like, oh, it's a uniform. As long as I, I've always just got to wear sequins. And like I said in that thing in sixth form, I'd pick a colour and I found it less overwhelming that way. I think because of, I don't know, maybe my being neurodiverse and having ADHD, maybe it makes it all a bit chaotic, especially when I have lots of things. So that kind of pairing back and letting the colour or the item decide things for you, that just resonates with me so much. It's very, very similar to me. Um, Obviously, I don't look as brilliant as he does. So <laughs> it comes out very differently on me. Um, we just got one message this week because it is a beautiful and very long one um, that we have permission to share. So Katrina sent us this message on Instagram. She says, hi, Kiri, I'm loving the pod. I never really thought about how much fashion and clothes meant to my identity until very recently. And your podcast has helped me so much to understand why. I'm queer and my gender expression is all over the shop in the best kind of way. I've always loved clothes and being able to express myself. I would say that my wardrobe is camp, femme, mask and full of whimsy. Babes, it sounds absolutely amazing. And they say over lockdown and we're still in one here in Melbourne. My body changed a lot. I've gone from a UK size 18 to a size four and it is a weird feeling. Fashion has opened up to me more. But I also feel like the way I express myself has really been thrown into chaos. I found that my gender expression has grown and changed too and I'm more comfortable shopping in the men's section now. I have vivid memories of horrible shopping experiences, but your podcast has helped me to see that clothing can be fun again. I've been having so much fun on Facebook Marketplace. Oh my God, I love Facebook Marketplace. And buy, sell, swap groups, selling my old clothes and finding new gems. I feel excited to get dressed again in the morning and the love of clothes has returned to my life. I still get nervous that people are going to comment on my body when I see friends after all this time locked away at home. I now look like society wants me to, and yet that has not at all equated to any excess health or happiness. 
I'm loving hearing the experiences your guests have had with clothing. I especially love the episodes of Rosie Jones and Travis Alabanza. Hearing about queer and disabled experiences has really helped me to see that there are so many ways to express yourself. And it's okay to love how you look without being overly vain. I love my queerness and I love that I can incorporate that into my closet. So thank you for giving a platform to this valuable conversation. I've always felt like fashion was too girly for me and your podcast is shifting that. And I'm now happy to say that I do have an interest in fashion and that's not vain or girly. Everyone wears clothes and makes fashion choices every single day. I adore the body positivity in your podcast. And though it's a tough topic, I think it would be great to hear from someone who's tried to navigate the world of clothes with an eating disorder. I'd also love a guest who sees fashion as practical as well as fun. My hush puppy explorer sandals deserve as much love as my sparkly pink heeled boots. Well... Katrina, bang on the money then. I totally agree. And I think you're going to love next week's episode, which is with Sophie Hagen, um, who is uh, who covers so much of what you've talked about. It's a really interesting chat about how Sophie's queerness intersects with being plus size and, and being lots of different sizes as well. But I will take that on board. We're just putting together season two's guests now. Um, so yeah, if there's, of course, if there's anyone who's happy to talk about those things, and I think, think some of the people we are um, and have spoken to sort of navigate that as well. I'm so glad that you're enjoying it. I know myself, I, I a, a little while ago, I, I lost a lot of weight. And um, I found that so, and I talked very openly with Sophie about it. Sophie's been brilliant, actually, about the how difficult it was to navigate suddenly being in a body. And I never went, I think I was like, at my smallest was um, a 12 to 14. I'm probably a size 16 in Topshop. Um but it's just this weird currency that you get handed when your body changes, when your body shrinks, when you make when you make yourself smaller. And I wasn't prepared for it, and I also wasn't prepared for the scrutiny, and I found it really hard. And people sort of praise you for it, and I I hated it, and it made me so self conscious about my body. And um, yeah, I, I I found it really difficult to navigate, even though weirdly shopping should be on paper easier in inverted commas. There was so much other stuff that came with it. It took quite a lot of work to, I guess, realign my head um, because I just felt like the same person, except I was getting all this mad attention. And yeah, and and then I just got so scared about putting on weight again, which trust me, babes, I have. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it, it suddenly became like consuming. I was thinking about my weight far more than when I was heavier, which is not not the way I wanted it to be at all. So I know how this stuff can affect you and just throw everything into a doubt, into sort of disarray and doubt. And, and added to that, that you're sort of, I guess, exploring or, or realigning or just um, accepting, I guess, your gender expression it must be a tough time, but I really am so proud and glad that the podcast is, is helping you in any way. And I promise I'm just going to get out as many conversations that I think will help different people from all over the world in different bodies um, navigating different conversations. So thank you so much for getting in contact. It's a beautiful message. Um, you can write to us at whoareyouwearingpod at gmail.com. Um, you can follow us at whoareyouwearingpod on the gram where we'll throw up photos, the people we've been chatting to and clips and things like that. And you can always message us on there. Now, I've just got time to sing about an indie business that I absolutely love. And I think it works with Kyle's love of vintage and accessories. So it is Bow and Crossbones. So Bow and Crossbones make reproduction vintage accessories in Fakerlite, which is like Bakerlite, but not real. Um, and it came about because um, the only founder, Cam, just 
loves vintage and couldn't find the banging accessories that she wanted. And let's face it, deserved. So bow and crossbones sort of covers 40s to 70s reproduction pieces and they are so beautiful and well made their bangles as well come in a variety of sizes because i know people with very tiny wrists or bigger wrists find it hard to find vintage that that fits them um don't worry about that there's a great diagram on the website as well i've got some of their brooches actually and they always get compliments um and at the end of the day isn't that what we're all after <laughs> after me being like please don't talk about me when i lose weight being like give me a compliment compliment though. Now I was swooping, snooping around their website to write up about them um, and the, in the about me section the owner Cam has written this great bit that made me love the company even more so I'm going to read it out wholesale. It says when we posted about Black Lives Matter we spoke Cam's truth as a woman of colour and business owner. We've been thinking a lot about that truth and we feel we need to speak another truth. Caring about BLM, the lives of transgender people, the broader LGBTQIA community and the environment shouldn't need to be shouted about. Caring about humans should be a given. That said, we are in full support of the trans community. We are in full support of the LGBTQIA community. We're in full support of Black Lives Matter. We are in full support of improving the environment. We are in full support of all bodies deserving to feel fabulous. In short, we are in full support of helping to build a society which is fair and equitable for the whole planet and everyone on it. Oh my gosh. I just love it. I mean, that statement, it feels like a given, right? But it isn't. And in today's climate, um, I think if we only spent our money with companies that were committed to equality and looking after our, our people and planet, we would live in a much nicer world. So if you're looking for some stunning accessories from a business that wears their morals on their sleeve, um, on their... <laughs> on their lapel with a gorgeous brooch to go with it please go and seek out bone crossbones we will be back next monday and i'm trying to as i mentioned stand-up comedian and the person i know who rocks the robe the hardest it is sophie hagan see you then is produced by Joe Southard, the artwork is by Mary Phillips and the music is by Annie Glass. This has been a Little Wonder production.